What's going on, Trophy Kids? We got a good one here for you. We once again are coming to you to cover every single NFL game. We are giving out the ones we have bet, though, as well. You want to be taking advantage of that because we are red hot this season. And as always, let's go. I'm Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is December 16th, and we are back for our regular program on the Friday. How are we doing today, good sir? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, we're, we're coming down to crunch time. It's weird when you see the first commercial for NFL games on a Saturday. You're like, wait, hold up. What's going on here? But we are now in that time of year where we get NFL football on a Saturday. I, I, I tell you what. <laughs> I love college football. I know you do too. But when we get into these Saturday NFL weekends, I, I mean, we have a full slate on Saturday. Obviously, a full slate Sunday. Don't forget World Cup final. What a weekend we've got ahead of us. Oh, my God. Absolutely beautiful weekend. Good UFC fight. The last UFC mm-hmm. card, too, was just... I was a little angry about it. I'm not going to lie. We, we don't talk that much UFC on this pod, but we're both UFC enthusiasts. And I got to say, I remember a day when the UFC end-of-year pay-per-view card was stacked in a good one. And that one was just underwhelming at best. I, I was kind of annoyed I even paid 80 bucks for it at the end of the day. <laughs> I think a lot of their uh, their cards recently have kind of been underwhelming, um, but uh, they'll, they'll fix it up, I, I hope. I would assume so. I mean, there's some big yeah. fighters out there. They just got to do a better job of scheduling ahead of time and putting them on big cards. Because when you raise your prices year over year over year, and now we're up to $80 a pay-per-view, you got to get more on the card there. I- I'm not I'm not doing this all the time. I- I'm not either. I mean, $80. It used to be, I think, like 59 Yeah. It was not right. very reasonable. I bought so yeah. many cards. This year, I think I bought a total of like three, maybe four over the course of the year. If that, I think it's been three. Yeah, I mean, that used to get you six cards, which you paid for. Yep. God, unreal. Mm. Unreal. Unreal. All right, let's talk a little football. That's why we're here. We're a football podcast. We're a football gambling podcast. we got to get back at it. Decent week for us last week. We're not really – this is coming out after the Thursday night game, so talking to our past selves, we're we're time traveling here. How how do we think this Thursday night game went? There's there's some rumblings, but – I'm sort of of the opinion that the Seahawks are slowly coming back down to earth. Maybe not slowly. They're coming back down to earth. And the 49ers, God bless them. They're my dark horse team. I called it a couple weeks ago, but, man, they can't keep a quarterback healthy to save their lives. I don't know what somebody did in that organization to pass off the football gods, but they need to reverse it quick because this team, is their window is closing fast. It is closing fast. Um, yeah, and you're right. It seems like Seahawks coming back to earth. Gino. You know, it's still, you know, he's throwing for about two touchdowns a game, but he's, there are some boneheaded throws where you're like, whoa, what is he doing there? Um, and they can't really run the football right now. Obviously, they're dealing with injuries there. A little scared with the hook um, just because, you know, Brock Purdy's injured himself, like we mentioned. Everyone over there is injured. Um, but I, I see this being a big McCaffrey game. Uh, so I'll take the Niners uh, minus three and a half. Paying even money, by the way. That it is. That it is. Um, I will say this benefit for Gino here in this Seahawks team is that wide receiving core. I mean, Ooh. I don't feel like we talk about it enough. Tyler Lockett just finds him finds ways to have quietly amazing weekends. Like I don't feel like anybody's talking about the fact that Tyler Lockett just seemingly goes off like every other game or every game honestly at this point. Honestly, I I have I mean I have a million fantasy teams so it's impossible to really keep track of how players but Tyler Lockett scores about every weekend. I, he's got to <laughs> have at least he has I don't know. I could be wrong. He has to have at least eight touchdowns, eight touchdown grabs. I'd say he has um, scored a yeah. touchdown in 
the last six games straight. Yeah, all right. So, yeah. <laughs> and he's averaging like, over 12 yards a game in every one of those games on receptions. Or, yeah, sorry, 12 he, yards a reception, not a game. Right. That would be horrible. 12 yards yeah. a reception. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, he's a touchdown machine. Um, and he's not. And it's weird because he's not like a big physical receiver. He actually avoids contact a lot. If you watch him play, he, he, hits, the, he hits the turf a lot, which is fine. Whatever. Saves his body. Uh, but, yeah, he's a touchdown magnet. Yeah, it's unbelievable the seasons he's quietly having. And this is something that is shouldn't be out of the out of the blue. I mean, as we've seen injuries kind of start to play the Seattle team in the running back room especially, their offensive production has slowly started to come down because Geno definitely has benefited from that run game threat and they've they have a great running back room. I mean, when you look at the the rooms that the Seahawks have put together between the wide receiver room and the running back room and if they can get that offensive line shored up, which they seem to be doing through the draft pretty well right now, um, whew, this team for the future could be nice. They just got to get that defense straightened away. The 49ers, I feel bad for, though, because I, I mentioned it earlier. They're my dark horse team. I mentioned a couple weeks ago for the Super Bowl. I thought this was one of the most ta- sneakily talented rosters in the league and the way they were playing. Just it, their schemes and what DeMarco Ryan's doing on the defense just paired so well for what they were going to have to face in the AFC. But, man... Jimmy G out, now Brack Purdy banged up. It does appear to be a pain tolerance injury. Can't do much more to hurt it, which is, I guess, good. I mean, sucks for him. He's got to deal with the pain, but <laughs> not terrible that you can't hurt it more. It's just, it's unfortunate to see this window close on what could have been a very special run for this 49ers team that I just, I don't like to have it in them. Yeah, I agree. And we're also, we haven't even mentioned Debo. Debo's yep. probably out for the rest of the season. They say he'd come back, but Shanahan said he could come back by the end of the year. I don't know. that. I'm not a doctor. Looks ugly. <laughs> it does. It does not look pretty, to say the least. Um, all right. Let's move on to a game that we can actually bet because this will come out in time. It's our first Saturday game. Colts versus Vikings. And Jeff Saturday seemed to get a pass because he beat the Raiders opening week. So everybody's kind of like, hmm, maybe he's doing a good job. But this this Colts team is not very much improved. Vikings, on the other hand, people have been calling them fraudulent. We've been on the bandwagon of they're not necessarily fraudulent, but they're not as good as they say they are because winning games in the NFL is hard as hell to do, to do it as consistently as they've done. Sure, they've had some things break their way, but you have to have that in the NFL. They're a good team, not a great team. The line set at 4.5, over under 47.5. There are some matchups that both these teams can take advantage of. How do you see this one breaking down? Yeah, I lean... And lean Vikings here, um, obviously, four and a half is a weird number. I never like that four and a half, five and a half number. Um, I just think, you know, them coming back at home, I know it is kind of kind of like a primetime one o'clock game, but not really. Um, I, I think, you know, things will things will probably bounce their way back at home. And they just, they kind of need a, a get right win here. And I, you said it, the Colts, they're just a mess. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Saturday, I, I think this is, I, I don't foresee him coaching this team next season. I, I really don't think that'll happen. Um, you never know, though. I mean, they, they, they do some interesting things over there in Indianapolis. Um, but, yeah, I just think this is kind of a get-right game for the Vikings where they probably can win by a touchdown or so. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I just don't think the Colts at this point in the season have it in them to take advantage of what you have to be able to do, and that is pass on the Vikings. The Vikings are susceptible through the air. If you oh, can pass yeah. on them, that's how you can beat them. And I just I don't think they have enough of that juice in them to do this one. Now, I'm not betting this game. Um because I don't like the four-and-a-half number here. If you put a gun to my head and said you got to pick a lean here, I, I'd, I'd probably go Vikings. They're the more complete team. They have more to lose here. They're locked in. They have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL, and one of the few times home field advantage actually matters in the NFL is in the Vikings' dome, because 
These are professionals. It doesn't matter as much as it does in college, but it certainly adds a, a point or so to the spread. Um, so, yeah, I, I do lean kind of Vikes here. Ravens-Browns. Line is at 2.5, over under 38. And talk about another team that can't catch a break from injuries. The Ravens are just a team that always limps at this point in the season. The Browns, well, they're browning. Um, they're doing what they do every time of the year. This is a 4:30 game. How do you see this one shaking out? What's your kind of read here? This is—I know the Ravens are, you know, fighting for the playoffs. Probably will make the playoffs. Uh, but uh, God, this is just a terrible game. And I'm—I I think I'm going to say this a lot with this board because this isn't a great weekend of matchups, especially when you get the mid-December and you just have two, you know, shit teams match up. You know, it's just boring. Um, and the Ravens are like a good shit team. Um, but. So I like Baltimore here. This strikes me kind of as like a, as a one, two point game, I, like a 14, 16, 17, 16 type game. Um, part of me kind of wants to play with the money line there, but I, I just can't trust just what I saw last week um, out of Baltimore. So I take them plus two and a half though. Maybe they'll win, but I, I just, I can't go that far. Yeah, this is tough. I mean, the recipe is pretty simple for the Ravens. They have a d- decent rush defense there. Um, one of the fewest rushing yards allowed per attempt in the NFL right now. The Browns have an absolute stud in Nick Chubb, Chubb and the Kareem Hunt kind of duo back there, mostly Chubb at this point. So I think the recipe is simple. Stuff the box, make Deshaun beat you. Because Deshaun has shown that he is not in playing shape at this point in time. Like, he he's looked slightly better last weekend, but still. Still not very good. Still not on the same pages as the wide receivers. Still not in football shape. Kind of as the game wears on, he starts to go down, and I think that's a physical aspect of it because no matter how much you train, and we've seen this time after time in the NFL, training in the offseason is different than getting into actual football shape. And we see it all the time with guys who don't play in the preseason versus guys who play in the preseason and how they're able to come in and go right like that without missing a beat. Um, So that's the recipe there. Offensively, though, there's nothing the Ravens are doing great right now that gives me a lot of faith to to bet them. But it's been an underdog year so far this year. If I gotta lay money, I'm laying it with the Ravens here. I don't trust the Browns, but I'm staying clear, clear away from this game. This isn't a game that I'm yeah. betting. Not a game I'm laying my hard-earned money on. We're gonna leave it at that. This next game is a game I am betting though. This Miami team rolling off to Buffalo in their soft-ass selves. This is a team that had heaters on the sideline last week in L.A. with 50-plus degree weather. They're going to Baltimore, or not Baltimore, Buffalo, where it's going to be absolutely frigid. The tundra is going to be rolling. The line is at 7, over under 44.5. But as we alluded to in the previous weeks, this Buffalo team is not right at this point offensively. We've seen the effects of that elbow injury on Josh Allen. He's not practicing as much. Also, I think they are very much feeling the effects of Brian Dable not being the offensive coordinator and able, abling to adapt week to week and change the scheme week to week to best fit the opponent. We're starting to see that. Not to say it's terrible. It's still a good football team, but we're starting to see that flow in. Miami, on the other hand, they're starting to come back down to earth. The line is seven, though. It's a big line. How are you playing this one if you are playing it? This one's tough. I don't, I can't decide if I'm going to play it yet. I'll probably do something more with the total. Um it's hard for me to say because, like you said, both teams are really struggling. Miami struggling too last week. Ooh, that was really ugly. Um, they they just they won't develop really a real run game there, which is very funny because Mike McDaniel's was the run game coordinator in San Francisco. <laughs> Maybe it's just like he's finally like, fuck yeah, part of my language. Hell yeah, um, we can we can pass now. Like I can I can do I can get involved in the pass game. So he just slings it. I don't know what it is. It's very ironic. Um, so. 
this is tough. This is kind of one where I could just see like Miami just maybe making a late push here and just covering the seven. Um, so I, I, I kind of lean that, but I probably won't be betting on this spread. I think it's going to be a chilly one and it's not, and it's not going to be as high scoring as maybe we hope and expect. So I'm actually leaning towards the under. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with this game. I, I could change my mind before then though. I don't hate that. We have gotten last week was the perfect example of one of the stupidest debates we currently have going on in the sports media. Thanks to Acho, the social media yeah. analyst who cares more about the take than the debate. Um, and his take has forced us into this dumb Herbert for first Tua argument, which the easiest question in the world to absolutely obliterate that that argument is you're the Miami Dolphins. You can have. Tua or Herbert right now, right now this season, you could swap them if you wanted. Would you swap them? Everybody and their mother in their right mind would swap <laughs> Herbert. And we saw last week exactly why. Because Tua's yep. ceiling is capped by his football skill, but elevated by coaching and roster decisions. It's been his way his entire career. Herbert, on the other hand, his ceiling is elevated by his football skill and capped by his roster and coaching abilities, or his coach's abilities. It's a dumb debate. Acho has yep. lost. It was always a dumb debate. And we saw it even worse in that game because nobody adjusted the game plan in play. The uh, Chargers absolutely dissected exactly what Miami wants to do. This is a copycat league. The Bills already played this style of defense, and the style of defense is simple. Two high safeties, take away the deep middle of the field, and make Tua either hit the sideline options or go through his options. Tua doesn't do that. He is a one-read chuck it and throw it kind of guy, read it and chuck it. And that's what we saw in that game. The Bills play a too high safety look. They are, they're linebackers. Now there are some health issues, so it's, it's going to be, mm-hmm. you look at the injury report, but if both are good, especially Milano, they play very good coverage in the middle of the field. They make you throw outwards. You have to hit sideline throws. You got to go under to, it does not show that ability. Mike McDonald, Mike McDonald surprisingly did not adjust in game against that chargers game. There was a guy on Twitter in the YouTube video of this. I'll throw up his Twitter account. Cause he did a beautiful job breaking down the film on this one. Um, but like I said, it does. The Bills offense is a little concerning here. I do think they're going to have Miami's Dolphins kind of number here because the other part of this is Josh Allen is just electric against the Blitz. And Miami is one of the Blitz heaviest teams in the league. The way you beat Josh Allen is you drop back and make him pick you apart. Miami doesn't do that. They can't really do that. They did get Chubb that added a little pressure, but I do very much like the Bills. I have laid a wager on the Bills. I will probably double down on that closer to game time when we get a full injury report. In a full weather report, but right now I have put a small wager on that, just waiting for the injury report to be finalized, and then I'll probably double down on it. That's my read. All right, (laughs) Falcon Saints. Line is four and a half, over under 43 and a half, and this game stinks. Shove nine-inch nails into my eyes. I would rather do that than watch this football game. The NFL, NFC South should just forfeit their playoff bid. That includes my bucks. We've talked about that last week. These teams stink out loud. The Saints are trash. Nobody cares about my fantasy team, but I'm thinking I'm going to have to risk it to get the biscuit and play Tyson Hill in my tight end slot because the Bengals absolutely screwed me over, and we're going to get to them later. But we have a game to talk about, and that is Falcon Saints. Do you have any thoughts on this game? Because yeah, this game, game stinks. To talk about, it's it's going to be real uh, real quick. But, um, yeah, I mean, these are terrible teams. I think the Saints, uh, I, I don't know how you can – throw the Saints on the board and favor them by four and a half points. I think they 
suck. Um, they scored 16 points in their last two games. Atlanta <laughs> scored 29 in their last two games. Pound the under and uh, give me the Falcons just because how are you going to put the Saints at a four and a half point spread? That's mind boggling to me. Yep, I'm taking Falcons. Taking the underdogs here. They are finally testing the waters with Desmond Ritter, which I don't yep. know why they hadn't do, done sooner because you got to evaluate the guy. Like you, you have to decide relatively soon: is he going to be your guy next year, and are you going to invest in him in the future, or are you going to go back into the draft pool or the free agency pool and get a guy to play quarterback? So that was mind-boggling. They haven't done that sooner. Yeah, but I, yeah, I the Saints. For. Yeah, Dennis Allen is great defensive coordinator. Schemes it up well, but just an aloof head coach um, doesn't really not competent in that area. I'm going to take the Falcons. Now a game that's garnering a lot of attention because these are two clubs that have young talent. They're playing surprisingly better than anybody really uh, thought going into this season. The Lions jets one o'clock Sunday, the Lions at one and a half over under 44 and a half. This game has a lot of interesting dynamics. Mike white did get hurt last week, but similar to Brock Purdy's injury, it does seem to be a pain tolerance thing, which could factor into those people that like to play second half wagers because as that medication wears off in the second half, we'll see what he can do. They've also apparently elevated Zach Wilson to the second string, which is surprising given Joe Flacco came in from there a bit uh, last week. And then you have the Lions, who've been playing exceptionally good ball for what we thought they were going to do at this point in the season. Dan Campbell is an absolute maniac, but is is got got a little bit of a lucky streak to it. I love watching it. How are you breaking this game down? What dynamics do you like, and are you betting it? It's a tough one. Um, like you said, the Lions, they're just rolling. Um, I mean, it's a team that, like, as you know, my team is in the playoff push here. I, you know, they're kind of in our rear view. We're like, whoa, we need them to lose here. Um, they obviously hold the tiebreaker over us. Uh, but, yeah, they're rolling. Um, I, I do think that Jets defense, maybe that's something that can contain the, the Lions offense. It's just exploding right now. I mean, you know, Sauce Gardner is an absolute stud on that defense. Um, so, but I, I just, I concerned about the Jets and Mike White and, you know, you know, they got a rookie seventh round running back. who's playing well, but just like, I get a little bit concerned just about the, just the, when you really look at that Jets offense, you're like, damn, this is the young, just incredibly young offense. I mean, just every <laughs> skill position, just, they're very young. Um, so I think the Lions might keep on rolling. I'd probably take them on the money line here, honestly. Yeah, this is a tough game. It has tough dynamics here because I think the toughest one is Jared Goff and what you're going to get. Jared Goff has been a much different quarterback away than he has been at home when he doesn't have the dome atmosphere, when he doesn't have his own bed to sleep in, when he's facing teams that play a lot of man. Um, it's tough. I would assume the Lions game plan here is going to be control the clock. Because um, the defense, while it has certainly improved um, over the last couple weeks, is still not great. Ben Johnson has done a phenomenal job with this Lions offense. And, man, is he going to start garnering a lot of attention um, for potential head coach's job. I don't know if he'll get it this round because he is still relatively new as an offensive coordinator. But, hell, we've seen guys with less experience and have a cup of coffee in this league get head coaching jobs, a.k.a. Zach Taylor. Um, so that could be something where they pull him away, which would be tough. I, I think the Jared Goff element is the one that doesn't make you feel great about betting the lines. But then when yep. you flip the coin, everything you said about the Jets is true. Um, but that defense, whew, it gives you hope there. I think I think this could be a low-scoring affair. If I had to bet it, I'd probably take the value on the Lions because they have been playing well. Here's my question to you. What do you do with Jared Goff in this offense moving forward? Because there are rumblings that they may not go into the draft trying to draft a quarterback 
and we'll stick it out with golf. How how are we feeling there? <laughs> I, I think I mean you've got everything on that offense set basically. Uh, the line is awesome. The the receiving core young and talented. I think you got to upgrade a quarterback. Yes, <laughs> it's it's the one thing that's waiting to happen right now. And and like you said, you do worry about golf gear. Just you know going in the Northeast, that weather played at Cal, played in LA, played in the Detroit Dome. Doesn't really like the cold, I imagine. Nope. Um, yeah, but I think you got to upgrade a quarterback. It's the last piece that's missing on offense, really, because you get inconsistency out of golf. It's incredible that we're even having this debate at this point because this is a perfect situation to like the Kansas City Chiefs what they did. Now, there are a couple differences. Andy Reid is not the head coach of the Detroit Lions, which makes a big difference. But from the quarterback dynamic, it is similar in which you have a guy who isn't the guy but is competent enough that you don't have to start a young quarterback right away. Patrick Mahomes didn't come into this league and start right away. He sat behind Alex Smith, a professional who understood what it took to make it in this league, who understood the pressures of being a top, highly drafted quarterback and not panning out and being able to help you navigate that road, a.k.a. Jared Goff, a guy who is competent in this league, showing good ability but isn't going to be the guy a quarterback, a young quarterback could sit behind him. He could help him navigate that early draft pick status that, hey, it doesn't always work out right away. Got to keep chipping at it. He can sit, learn behind Ben Johnson, a good offensive coordinator, appears to be a, a very good offensive mind, and not have to play right away. And it also means you don't have to go into free agency and blow up your bankroll buying a good quarterback, and you can use that to reinvest on the defense. And getting maybe, there isn't probably a number one wide receiver in this free agency class because it's a relatively weak wide receiver class, but they need to maybe add somebody to that room or the tight end room or something. It just, it seems illogical at this point that you wouldn't at least be looking towards the future and trying to grab a quarterback while also having a team-friendly deal on Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean, they pretty much are the perfect situation to groom a young quarterback. Yep, and you hit it, also you mentioned it, offensive line is great. What oh, yeah. more do you want for a, a young quarterback to learn behind? It just it seems crazy. So I hope they don't make that stupid move because I would like the Lions. I have some Lions fans out there. And it's just fun to have a team that's been so bad for so long be good. It's it's been nice, I'll say, to see a little bit of parity in the NFL. Saints aren't very good anymore. Packers aren't very good. Rams, a little parity. Yep. Got some new good teams. Changing of the guard is is here. Yeah. All right, Chiefs Houston's not a great game. Houston gave the Cowboys, a fight for their life last week. Yeah. Don't think they're going to have that one here. The Chiefs are starting to rev things up. Now, they've made some mistakes, as we've talked about, but that team understands what time of year it is. Things are starting to rev up. The defense is starting to coagulate a little bit here and, and get a little bit more cohesiveness. The offense is starting to roll like we normally see at this time of year. Can the Texans hold on, though, to a 14-point spread? Because that is a big one in the NFL. That's big. I mean, they probably can. I mean, they, we saw what they did against Dallas last week. And by the way, they are 100, and I, don't, I have no problem with it, they are 110% tanking. They had fourth and one, up three, <laughs> fourth and goal from the one. And I know Damian Pierce was hurt, uh, but they hand the ball off to Rex Burkhead. He's tiny. Of course he's not going to get in. Uh, so they are tanking. Confirmed. That's okay. I, I, I do the same thing. But that was ridiculous because I would love to see Dallas lose. Uh, but yeah, in this game, I don't know. It's just one of those mid-December games where I could see Kansas City getting up early and then just kind of really laying off, laying off the uh, the gas pedal there. And yeah, Houston could probably backdoor them. I'm not gonna bet on this. Obviously, I I might bet the over just because I could just like I said, I could see KC going up huge and then just really relaxing. 
Um, but I'm not going to bet this spread, but I'd probably go Houston with the back door. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm not betting it. I don't want to, I don't want any part of this action. Maybe I'd go back Houston back door. They're completely tanking. You're a hundred percent right. Um, which is good on Lovey for being cool with that. <laughs> um, cause <laughs> I don't know how safe his job is going to be. Um, but yeah, it, that's where it is. Next game, Eagles-Bears. Now, I did bet this earlier in the week. I got uh, the early number at eight and a half. The line has now moved to nine. We'll see if it continues to move. Over under 48 and a half. The Bears are just a god-awful football team. And the Eagles, I mean, they have weapons for days, and they show it week after week. Um, What do you make of of this one right now, and and are you placing a wager? I think you can probably tell which side I've already placed a wager on, but where are you going with this number? Um, yeah, I probably will be placing a wager as long as this thing stays in single digits. So I'll probably be placing a wager quickly. Um, Philly, I'm going with Philly here. They're yep. rolling. Um, since, since my commanders humbled this squad, um, Jalen Hurts has gone, I think he's done for nine touchdowns and over a thousand yards in his last three games. Um, actually, I don't want to say he's thrown for nine. That's probably wrong. I think it's nine total. I don't know for sure, but nine touchdowns are involved in this. I don't. And yeah, so they're rolling. Um, yeah, I'd go Eagles to cover and even if it was even if it got up to 10 i'd still probably go eagles this is a game where i might honestly bet the eagles team total because the bears defense is god awful i mean terrible they can't run wild on them yeah they are going to absolutely run rough shot over this team um you know how i know i'm getting old did you see that Devontae smith uh catch touchdown last week where the safety was coming over and he made the play on the ball oh yeah i honestly terrible I flinched because I thought he was going to die. Like, I, in my head, I saw the Sean Taylors of the world coming in to absolutely level him and die. Meanwhile, but we're in today's NFL. I shouldn't have even flinched. Like, I was sitting on my couch like, oh, God, here it comes. And no, he makes a play on the ball because you can't absolutely annihilate guys in that position. Well, even the play on the ball, though, was just so terrible. That was one of the worst, like, <laughs> just overall plays on the ball I, I, I've ever seen in my life. And, yeah, I know. I was like, God, this is. The, the the tiniest wide receiver in the NFL, like this is this is a safety's dream. <laughs> yeah, in a previous and, NFL, he would have been dead. Oh we would have seen a yeah. murder on the field. Like, can you imagine Sean Taylor roaming around back there with that oh throw? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would have ended Smith's career. And I Brian Dawkins, somebody, yeah. And I believe it was Caleb Love who was making the play. And Caleb Love is actually a pretty good player. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell was going on there. It was just, it was just terrible. It was an odd one. Yeah, I've I've got the Eagles here. They're going to absolutely feast on this team. Um. Like I said, Eagles team total might be something to look at. I might tweet that out later in the week. Um, it, it'll be an interesting one. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, the Eagles just – I don't see a way the, the Bears compete here. Justin Fields is 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 definitely their their guy moving forward. But at this point, I think you just have to go, hey, let's start tanking. Let's pull any asset we have off the field, yep. a.k.a. Justin Fields should not see the field the rest of the season and let's just call it a day and get in because this team is, it's bad. It's as bad as it gets. All right. I'm not going to waste our listeners time or our time for that matter on this next game. Cause I really do not have a lot on this Steelers Panthers lines at two and a half Panthers are the favorite over under 37 and a half. This game is important if you're a Steelers fan for continuing to evaluate Kenny Pickett and what his future is going to look like. And if you're a Panthers fan, I think you got to take some solace in the fact that the players are playing hard for Wilkes. They want him clearly. It seems like to be the head coach. Does that continue? I think I like the Panthers here, but I'm not betting this game. I want nothing to do with this game. But it is important to just keep an eye on Kenny Pickett as as his development continues. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, it's a pretty terrible game. Um, look at Pickett. I, I mean, the Panthers, I still do think, have like the most – I think they can still win your division. Um, so they can. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they can, I guess, grasp at that. Um, they do seem to have an ability to kind of run the ball. Um, so I'd probably go Panthers here. I, I think I think they'll, they'll probably win this game yep. and cover. I'm with you. Um, next game we're looking at here. Dallas Cowboys versus Jacksonville Jaguars. Line is set at four and a half. Cowboys are the favorite. Over under 47 and a half. Woof. Looks like Trevor Lawrence may have figured some things out. And woof. The Cowboys are starting to look like Cowboys. It comes to this late at the season where they just, they're one bad break away from just this thing imploding. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how good I feel about Dallas being able to cover a four and a half point spread. I mean, I do imagine there will be a very pro Dallas crowd in Jacksonville. So that'll, that'll probably help things, but I don't know about them covering. And like you said, Trevor Lawrence seems to, you know, there, there have been some inconsistencies, but he seems to be getting it together and he has weapons and Calvin Ridley's on this team next year. Just, just, just keep, keep watching the Jags here. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I'd probably take him to actually be able to cover here at home. I don't think they're going to win the game, but, Dallas, they just have some flaws, and Dak, Dak just looks not top ten all the time. Sometimes nope. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah, looks lethargic out there at times. Um, this whole offense does at times, and it, I I can't determine if that is because we know Kellen Moore is not the best in the second half as an or second half of the season as an offensive coordinator. So I, I still am on the fence as to whether or not that's Dak ceiling. We just we know where Dak's ceiling is, and everybody in the media wants it to be higher than it actually is. And Dak is a top 15 guy, but he's not a top 10 guy. Borderline maybe there flirts with it. And Kellen Moore is just, he's a good offensive coordinator. He's just not a great offensive coordinator. He doesn't adjust well in the second half. We see defenses start to pick up on their cadences and rhythms and their overall game plan, and things just get a lot harder. And it feels like they shoot themselves in the foot a lot. That's Mike McCarthy's fault. This is why we constantly short this team, especially towards the end of the year. It sometimes pay off. It sometimes does not. I am definitely losing my future bet on them, but I've also hit some nice ones. Thank you, Raiders, for sucking. Um, but then you flip the coin here. And Doug Peterson, I mean... What a what a competent, offensive-minded, quarterback-minded head coach can do for a young quarterback as opposed to a flandering, great college coach who relied mostly on his recruiting and having hot girls walk around the building. Um, like it's amazing how things can slowly turn around for an organization when you, you when you make the right hires from a front office standpoint. Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I, I think they're probably the side here. I, I, I am. I've placed a small wager on them. I'll probably place another one here relatively soon. So I have bet them for the listeners. I don't trust the Cowboys anything above three here at this point in time. I'm going the other side on this one. Um, Trevor Lawrence does seem to have figured it out a little bit where he he's starting to play well within the system. And he's starting to understand the system. He's starting to understand the reads. He's feeling more comfortable. He's another guy that I haven't been super high on, but he is looking better and better. Um, especially later in the season. So, yeah, and I, I also think the Jags are, funny enough, they haven't thrown in the towel yet. They're, they're still playing good football. So I like the Jags, plus four and a half here. I did bet place a small wager on them. We're going there. Cardinals-Broncos, this game stinks. Broncos minus three, over under 36 and a half. Kyle Murray is unfortunately donezo. Um, that was a sucks when there's a non-contact injury like that. The Broncos are the worst offense I may have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, yep. the current, if you've been following the guy on TikTok, 
The bathrooms are currently winning the battle against Russell Russell Wilson and his touchdowns. What do you make of this game? Yeah, I mean the the Broncos. I I I think they actually showed up. Well, obviously after getting smoked in the first half, they they showed <laughs> up for a half of football of offense. So that was exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Cardinals, like you said, Kyler Murray going down. That means that's going to be a thing. And I'm sorry. I, I, I actually like Colt McCoy, but we already know he, he's extremely injury prone. So this might be the Trace McSorley show before we know it in Arizona. Yep. Um, and that's that's not going to go well. Um, so I, I just, this is one of those games where I'm not saying Trace McSorley is going to play in this game, but I just go, let's look at the defense. Okay, Broncos. So Broncos minus three. Yeah, it's bad. Um, <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury, he's got a problem on his hand because this is – Four years with the Cardinals. Number one QB draft pick in a relatively good salary situation right now. His his cap hit hasn't been huge. And they have zero playoff wins, one winning season, and in the last 32 games, they've won 10 games. Only Houston is worse. That comes from Warren Sharp. Ooh. Kyle Murray's about to have a $50 million cap hit per year. I think the panic button has to be fully out for the Cardinals because, like you said, and I tweeted this as well because I agree, but you were the first one to say this in my realm. The offense, there's not a big drop-off when Colt comes in. You might be able to make an argument it sometimes even runs more efficiently because it runs within the system. It's got to be full-blown panic mode for the Arizona Cardinals franchise. This is bad. This is really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is bad. And I mean, you're going to be, Kyler's not going to be playing until October, maybe if we're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> not good. Nope. Not good. Not good. Um, all right. <laughs> Patriots Raiders. <laughs> I will say not to make an obvious joke, but he's going to get so good at call of duty. I mean, he, he can't move. <laughs> he can't move. He can't walk. Oh, he's going to, I mean, he's got more incentive at this point to become a streamer than he does an NFL quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, may as well. Oh, he's getting his guaranteed. Who cares at this point? Um, Next year, those guaranteed money is going to start flying in. But then again, if I were the GM, I probably also wouldn't have offered that extension they gave him. But hey, that's neither here nor there. Can't can't live in the past. (laughs) Your future just looks rough. All right, Patriots Raiders. The brain trust for this Patriots offense. I, I mean, we've cracked jokes all week. Matt Jones might kill Matt Patricia. There, there, there could be a, a, a murder scene on the sidelines. I've always believed in my lifetime I would see somebody die in an NFL game. We might see it just from Matt Jones murdering Matt Patricia. Uh, things are not going well, but they are playing the most inept football team on the planet right now in the Raiders, and Bill Belichick is just going to eat this team's lunch, I think. I, I, I got to go Patriots here. It's a one-point spread. I don't love this game, but... The Raiders are incompetent. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to go Patriots, and you're right. Um, I don't think Mac Jones is particular. That, that word is so hard for me to say every time. Particularly uh, great, um, but he's not getting really a fair situation right now. <laughs> it is just, it is just horrible. Um, but I should have looked Raiders, it up. But I would, I am so curious on how many plays the throw is behind the line of scrimmage because I feel like that team runs more screens. Then I, I I honestly can't even. It's more screens than I've ever seen in my life. The the playbook is like running back screen, wide receiver screen, bomb it run. That's it. There's like four plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty much all I've seen out of that team too. But um, and you said Vegas. The Vegas they're just 
they're just a nightmare. I mean, you're losing to like the Rams. I mean, that that's that's poor. Um, so yeah, let me let's let's go with the Patriots here. Yeah. All right, Titans Chargers. This game is hilarious because these two teams offensively do the exact thing that these two teams defenses do not want to see. Titans can run the ball. Chargers can't stop the run. Chargers throw the ball. Titans just say a Hail Mary prayer and hope that the ball hits open turf and not a wide receiver's hands because they can't stop it. So it's a battle of who's going to control it. I'm of the opinion that the Chargers should cover this game, but your money is never safe in Brandon Staley's hands. Um, He finds ways to miraculously mess this up, even though last week he had, he ate Mike McDonald's lunch. I mean, he he put together a defensive game plan, ate his lunch. Um, What do you see in this one? Um, yeah, you said it. Uh, it's just they, they, they're kind of just their matchup is very funny. Um, but the way I'm kind of looking at it, it's just mid-December. This is kind of uh, the Titans. They are descending and the Chargers are ascending. Um, so give me the Chargers here to cover this game. Easy enough. All right. Bengals Bucks. This game is about the injury report because and here's the thing. You can't trust the Bengals because that team will screw you over with that nonsense. What they pulled last weekend, there should be a federal investigation. Supreme Court, or not the Supreme Court, Congress will investigate anything in sports. They need to pull Zach Taylor in that front office down to Congress and say, what in God's name are you doing to betters and NFL fantasy owners right now in the month of December? Unreal what happened last week. Uh, but this is an injury report because if they get if the Bengals are healthy-ish, on offense, the yeah. Bucks are going to get absolutely slaughtered. This is a fat pig going to the slaughterhouse. I have zero faith in my Buccaneers. This team stinks. The Yucks are back. Leftwich is incompetent as an offensive coordinator. Todd Bowles is the worst thing to ever happen to this franchise. No, it's being dramatic. He's not the worst thing to happen. But he is a terrible head coach. Nice guy. Wonderful guy, it seems like. Great defensive coordinator. Horrible head coach. This offense has de- degressed in a way that should never have happened, but the Bucs have too many injuries offensively. They have too many injuries defensively. Tom Brady is trying to do way too much at this point and just doesn't have the hours or the manpower to do it. It's an absolute disaster. So as long as the injury report looks decent for the Bengals, the Bucs don't have a shot in this game, I don't think. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I just don't see how the Bucs keep up. Um, you said it about Todd Bowles. I mean, I love him too. He's, he's a Washington Redskins Super Bowl champion. So, I mean, got to love him. Um, but, yeah, it's just not going well. And the Bengals, I, I don't even know if they really even need those two wide receivers even to still cover. I, I really don't. Unfortunately for your Bucs, I'm just, I'm just not loving your Bucks anymore at all. Nope. I'm not either. <laughs> yeah, they're just not great. I will say funny, funny, funny thing I saw the other day. Um, I saw odds on the on a Sean Payton Tom Brady reunion, oh. and my Washington Commanders had the second best odds. Oh my I god! Got really, I got real excited. <laughs> yeah, we can just pass them around between our teams. That's fine. I'm cool with that. I got a Super I, Bowl. I I can't be that mad about it anymore. I got I got so excited. Um, yeah, so that that got me excited. But yeah, I'm going I'm going Bengals here, kind of regardless of the injury report, honestly. It's a passing of the torch moment. I'm not saying Joe Burrow is going to be the next Tom Brady. He's got a lot of attributes that are vaguely similar, um, but it is a passing of the torch. Joe, Joe Burrow is the next guy up in this league. He's one of the next superstar quarterbacks. This is a passing of the torch game. The Bengals should have really no problem. They have, 
in my opinion, the best defensive coordinator in the league. Lou is an absolute oh, yeah. maniac yeah. defensive coordinator. He sees yeah. what you're throwing in the first half. He comes out in the second half and suffocates you like an anaconda yeah. to death. He gets wrapped around you and then just suffocates you. And it's all about Zach Taylor not messing it up. But, hell, we've seen Joe Burrow take a little bit more control of this offense. He's feeling it right now. A confident Joe, whew, when he's making calls at the line, forget about it. The dude is... The duel's got ice in his veins. So, yeah, I'm not too worried, which is unfortunate because my house is split on this one. My girlfriend is a Bengals fan. It's going to be obnoxious on Sunday, but it, mm-hmm. it is what it is. All right, your commanders are the night game. They're getting the rematch against the Giants. The line is four and a half. Kind of surprising, if I'm going to be honest. Over under 40, 40 and a half. Big Cat over at Barstool had a great idea. I love it. It would make this game so much more exhilarating. If you tie a divisional team, the next time you should play, it should count for two wins or two losses, depending on which way you go. That would be exhilarating if the team in this game got two wins added to their win total. Holy moly. That would, that would be really fun. I, I don't hate it. I mean, that would be a, a blast. It's only um, divisional I mean, guys, though. If you tie in yeah. the division the next time around, it counts for two. <laughs> I don't hate that. That would be very fun. Um, I mean, it would be insanely stressful. And I, I, and looking at this playoff picture, you know, if we end up with 10 wins and the, and the Lions end up with 10 wins, I'd be really happy we had that tie. Um, that game would be exhilarating to watch. I would, if you're a fan of that team, it would be the most frustrating thing in the world. But holy moly, that's like placing oh a God. large wager. You'd just be on the edge oh. of your seat all game. It, it would be crazy. Um, yeah, no doubt. You said it, though. I'm a little bit surprised by this spread, too. I, I, I think we're probably thinking in the same direction. Maybe it should be a little closer. Um, yep. We did just tie this team. Um, I, I realized that this is also another thing where the Giants are kind of descending. We're kind of ascending. But still, I'm a little nervous myself. Um, so I will go Giants. I still feel – I do feel pretty confident about being able to get a W. Um, yep. But I will say this, though. That the, the Giants money line is paying two to one. I, if you'd like just going for some value, I, I don't hate you playing that either. Um, but but uh, I do still feel like uh, the commanders are definitely favored to at least win. I do, yeah, I'm with you. I think this spread should be a lot closer at four and a half. I take the Giants. We start to dip to three. Might be flipping oh. to the commanders. Don't like the hook. If you want to buy the point and get point and a half, I guess you'd have to do to buy down to three. I don't hate it. You'd have to do the math to see if the value is still there. But I don't hate it. We're just seeing that Dable's scheming is now finally kind of met its match with where the roster is. Like, he has elevated the Giants so far above what they should have been this season, and now we're starting mm-hmm. to see that they can't go much higher. Like you said, they are descending. Um, there's rumors that Chase Young may be back for this game. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, I didn't check the reports today about practice, but it, depending on if he practiced or not today, that would be a big sign for Thursday. Um, we'll see. The Commanders do what the Giants... They stop what the Giants have to do, and that is have an efficient run game at this point. And the Commanders are very stingy in that point of view. I think Commanders win this game, but I don't like them at 4.5. I'm not betting it yeah, as of right yeah. now, but I do like... I prefer the Giants at 4.5 over the Commanders. I think it's pretty simple. It's a pretty simple breakdown there. Yeah. Rams, Packers, don't have much on this. We're kind of ending with a flop here. The Rams stink. Baker had himself a day, though, for only being in the facility and having the playbook for, what, like 48 hours? It was a lot of go balls and slant routes, but still impressive, none the least, to get a win in the NFL with 40 hours of prep. You got the lonely Packers. Aaron Rodgers, uh, you do start to wonder if he's going to start to check out here a little bit. Probably not, though, because... Christian, there's some weapons offensively, and they're, they're still... The NFC is such a disaster that anything's possible here, but... Yeah, he's always a bit of a wild card. 
Do the Rams have any bit of a shot here in keeping within this number? I think they can. I just, I mean, I haven't been impressed with this Packers team at all. Um, so why not? Um, it's such a it's such a shit game, and you know, you can kind of, you can like see why the, the we've had this happen a lot this year because with the passing of the guards of the teams, we can see why the NFL scheduled some of these games. But it's like, damn, not good game anymore. No. Um, and and trust me, we're going to see that on Christmas Day. You can oh. peek ahead at that schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'll go. I I think the Rams have enough to at least keep this thing within six points just because I just don't trust the Packers ability to go up and win a game like 24 10. So yeah, I'll take the Rams. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the Packers are sitting They're one of those perennial bubble teams right now um, for the playoffs, but they're five and eight um, in the NFC North. We see how the teams at the top of the NFC North are trending. I I don't have a lot of faith in that. So like I said, I I do wonder if, if things start to get difficult where Rogers, or Rogers is even playing. Wait, I keep saying Rogers. He's not. Is he playing? This is I think he is. Bad. Po- yeah, he is. He is. He is. He is. He is. Yeah, he's he, is, he, is, he, is, he is. He is. I don't um, think he should be. I, I think they should throw Jordan Love in there and see what the hell he can do because he came in for that one game and actually kind of swung it. Yep. But we shall see. Whatever. <laughs> it does see, though, that one of the draft picks in Christian Watson has actually panned out for a guy who's been oh. complaining about not getting help. End of the season, the man seems to be balling. He seems to have found his feet in yeah. the league. He seems to, and I mean, obviously, we already knew he had elite speed, but I mean, that guy flies. Yes. So, funny enough, they they do seem to have finally got a wide receiver talent. Now, yeah. if they had to pair him with a true number one, whoo, what could have been, Packers? What could have been? But by all means, don't pay your number true number one wide receiver. That is a philosophy that definitely hasn't failed in the NFL. Um, yeah. ask, with you on that. ask the Titans GM how that one goes. Um, yeah, uh, the Packers. Or the, I mean, honestly, let's let's kind of think about it. Outside of um, obviously, uh, he's he's become such a the Giants. Who's, who's who's the big receiver there that I can't remember? I'm just complete space on his name. Big time. He's not good, but he, he has a contract from the Lions. Oh, um, he was over at the uh, he was at the Lions beforehand. Um, yeah. oh my God. This is horrible. The great podcasting moment. Uh, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Galladay. So he is really, if you really think about it, look at all the gigantic wide receiver contracts in the NFL. He's pretty much the only one that isn't working out. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, Tyreek, A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Terry McLaurin. I mean, it, Hopkins, it, it generally works. Anybody yeah, you pay. Yeah. Yeah, if you pay your stud wide receivers, they usually stay. Mike Evans got long. paid when he pay, when Diggs. He was up. Diggs. Yeah. yeah, look at Diggs. <laughs> yeah, now the Vikings they, did get Justin Jefferson eventually out of that, so that worked out. But Bills went and got a true number one. All of a sudden, they're Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> paying wide receivers usually works out. Yeah, it's not like paying a running back or a cornerback or somebody that goes like that. Like you have to have a number one dude, and it's so obvious to watch teams that lose their number one dude what they look like versus when you have that number one guy. It's just the dumbest yeah. philosophy not to pay them. It's like one of the few positions that if you truly got a number one guy. Like a true blue number one wide receiver in this league, paying him is almost always going to work out unless they're super injury prone. Yep, agreed. All right, that's all I got. Anything else before we wrap this bad boy up? No, just there's some poor games this weekend, but it'll still be good. Yeah, it's all right. It's football. It's football. These are the games we die for in July, in June, in the dog days of summer, early August when you could taste mm-hmm. football but you just can't see it yet. This is what yeah. we this is what we want. So 
Chalk it up while you have it. Enjoy the weekend. And as always, peace.